Welcome back to the podcast, guys. <laughs> I am feeling a little bit groggy because I have just been sick. So let me just wallow in my self-pity. This week, I thought it'd be really interesting to talk about um, kind of our British Asian identity and how we are... Far, you're born and brought up in the UK, right? Yeah, I am. I was born in the UK, but we both have multiple cultures in the households that we grew up in and I feel like that's even more of a battle sometimes when you're trying to when you're growing up you're trying to figure out who you are you don't just have to figure out who you are you have to figure out how you play a part in for me and for you it was like three different cultures minimum sometimes yeah I don't know I feel like that's really bled into my adulthood of not really feeling like I belonged anywhere like fully and like wholeheartedly sometimes probably it contributed a little bit to like feeling like I didn't really have a purpose or feel like I didn't I couldn't be like a confident Asian yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't confident in all the different parts that I fit into um did you kind of could you kind of relate to that growing up yeah definitely I moved around quite a lot so I had quite a lot of different experiences like I was born in London and I spent a lot of like my early early childhood there and I remember feeling a distinct difference between obviously it was a lot more diverse there than where I am now like further up north and I remember even like our schools and the people that we'd hang around with were so so diverse and I definitely remember being quite confident as a really young kid Um, I don't really know where that came from I don't know if that was because I was surrounded by people that look like me and yeah I guess I just felt like I fit in a bit more or I didn't feel like an outsider in any way I don't remember that feeling um, when I was really little but as I got older I and I again I don't know if it's because as you get older you just become more aware of your surroundings and opinions and as you're getting older those things just affect you a bit more but I think at the same time I moved to an area that was predominantly white I was pretty much like the only Asian kid in school I think that not to my confidence a bit because that's also when I started to get bullied and when a lot of issues I had in school crept up and I think all that happening all at the same time definitely had an impact on my confidence and definitely made me feel like yeah definitely the odd one out so I guess it's coupled with the fact like being Asian and but also being the only one around like you kind of feel very quickly very isolated in a situation like that especially when you're growing up and like we mentioned in previous episodes like your body's changing like you're going through all these different things and different experiences and when you've got no one nearby to kind of relate to any of that you yeah it's it does have an effect I think on you it's interesting you're talking about like moving around a lot and how that affected you fitting in and stuff as well because I also moved around a lot but I moved around to well all the places that I lived and went to school were quite predominantly white as well um and alongside that they, they weren't very diverse at all um so I've never really grown up with like uh, in school high school yes because we lived in an area where there were a lot of like there were a lot of different Asians around so that was quite nice because that was my first experience of that there were like full Asian like girl groups full Asian boy boy groups you know Ooh. like that was quite nice to see because I didn't have that in the schools that I'd been to previously and I think that element of okay so not only do I f not fit in really at home because I can't I couldn't really identify 
like even now I struggle to say like oh I'm Indian or oh I'm Mauritian like I'm obviously both but I can't emotionally commit to like one when I'm saying <laughs> or like when I'm like like looking learning about the cultures of each and the kind of same thing happened at school where like I couldn't fully commit to being like obviously like South Asian because there weren't that many South Asians around me and then obviously the classic thing happened of just being like either teased or picked out for the parts of you that are more like loudly South Asian like you know the common things like having oil in your hair or having a smelly lunch or anything like that I had a cute group of friends though who used to love my mum's my mum used to make this like curried I think it was like a Mauritian recipe um curried tuna thing in a sandwich and one of my friends used to just obsess over it so I think I was blessed that you know my immediate circle they were really really cute and nice and I'll remember them for the rest of my life but like the more the the wider group of people that I grew up around were not were just all white and were not very welcoming to not only brown people but also the new the new person because I was constantly the new person so I think that just also didn't help my overall agenda of just trying to fit in as a kid but I think that kind of goes back to what we've said on previous episodes especially when we're younger I feel like the number one thing one of our top priorities is trying to fit in with people around us and I try to do that with like my culture as well I really struggled with like the whole not feeling Indian Mauritian or British when I was at uni like a little bit older old enough to understand that like those were three very different cultures they weren't just like you can't just like bucket South Asian and you can't just bucket like British and that really struggled like feeling like I was a part of something and that's made me feel quite lonely I think like the more of the more I sit and think about it like it makes me feel like it's nice because you know I can embrace my uniqueness and I can embrace the qualities about myself that are me and like maybe to do with my family and stuff but it's also very kind of lonely sometimes when there are certain things like for example certain things I don't get about being a Mauritian or the Mauritian culture the fact that I don't get them just makes me feel like I'm almost like a fraud (laughs) or like an imposter like parading around as someone who says they're half Mauritian but then doesn't actually understand a lot of the things to do with the culture and the same thing goes for being Indian the annoying part of like being South Asian is I, I think looking like you're part of a culture is something that gets commented on a lot as well like I've been told so many times I don't look Indian, um, I look more Mauritian or I vice versa. And obviously the, the British one is just flat out racism, but that's also something that just hasn't helped with me just feeling like I'm this like weirdo that is sitting on the cusp of like three little things, but is just like lost in this universe, just trying to find like their footing in something. It's kind of why I also turned to the internet as a kid a lot to like figure out how to do things like how should when should I tell my mom to let me thread my mustache or like find like a little community of Indian bloggers and youtubers which is what I tried to do when I was younger as well to try and just feel like I was a part of something but I I don't know if I ever needed to do that to be honest like if I ever needed that belonging or like calling to one single community I kind of like having a calling to multiple different communities now yeah I think as you get older you realize there's not as much of a need for that. Like you can be part of multiple different communities and that's fine. I really relate to a lot of what you just said. I think for me, I very much 
as I was growing up, I was very much focused on fitting into the British culture because that was what I was around a lot more. But then as I became an adult and then I started getting more South Asian friends and just be mixing with more diverse people, I think it started towards the end of sixth form and then going into uni. Then, I like you said, I became again an outsider because I didn't know the language. I wasn't as embedded into the South Asian culture. And I felt that was almost worse because that's actually where I'm from. Like, obviously, fitting into being British, there's always going to be a line at which I can, like, live up to that, even in my own head, because I know I'm born here, I'm brought up here, but I'm not from here, even though I don't know if anyone's fully from Britain, but that's a story for another day. (laughs) Even still, like, I'm from South Asia, so when I started making friends with South Asians and especially I made a big friendship group at uni of international students so they were actually from loads of Asian different Asian countries and they obviously spoke the language and they were very much embedded in the culture because that's literally where they grew up and were raised I I, yeah I just felt like an odd one out at the same time I think I just grew more interested in being a part of my own culture and understanding a bit more as I got older um, I think I wasn't really exposed, I was exposed to the culture, but I felt like I was told more about it than I experienced for myself. And I feel like I was exposed, what I was exposed to, whether it was just family dynamics and a weird dysfunctional family that I witnessed, or it was parts of the toxic side of South Asian culture, I don't know, I think it was a bit of a mix. But then growing up, that's when I kind of realised that yeah, there's I can only go so far into each and then that just makes you feel really awkward like where do you fit them because you're you're not enough of one and you're not enough of another and then you're just in this weird middle ground. I got this a lot when I started being online and posting stuff. People will really judge you for not being South Asian enough and I got the one thing I got judged on most of all whether that was online or offline is the fact that I didn't like the only language I know is English and that's a huge barrier for people like especially in our communities people look down on you a lot if you don't like know the language and stuff like that and then also I don't really feel a need anymore to like fit in with British culture or anything I feel like that's just kind of what I grew up with I don't know if it's because I haven't experienced it or I don't really care to like fit in with that as much so I don't notice that it's what I notice is me not fitting in with South Asian culture um And like not understanding certain things as well, like you mentioned, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that I think I've experienced as well though as a result of the culture and things being passed down and belief systems and the way people behave is because of the culture. But I guess when you grow up with a mix of the two or three or however many you have, the lines get blurred. You don't know what comes from what and you don't, for me especially, like I it's weird, like, you don't really need to pick apart, like, where things have come from, or, like, what's right, what's wrong, but you almost, when you're kind of pushed out of groups for not being enough of one, then you start to kind of analyse, like, well, what does it mean to be in each one, and, like, how can I be more of one, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I found myself doing that a lot more as I got older, but now I'm in a stage where, like, I, I did that, like, in my early 20s, and now I'm, like, I am the way I am, like, I know certain things, I, like, you can always learn more, and everyone, I don't think anyone gets to a point where they know everything about everything, so I don't put that pressure on myself anymore, um, as much as I used to, but I think there's still a lingering sense of, like, 
that not belonging but I'm kind of just more okay with it now yeah I guess. yeah I think that's really important to acknowledge as well I don't think I'm probably not okay with it like as much these days which is a little mm. bit annoying but um like I'm still in that phase of like trying to figure out which parts of the culture that I can like fully I don't know understand a bit better or can relate to so then I can feel part of it and then I'll probably be okay at what when I get to that point but like especially when I think about um things like when I was growing up you know how you said um like you're kind of just told about things and expect to understood them I I completely relate to that like I feel like I was just told okay this is how something is done or I was shown as well like this is how something is done and I was just expected to like learn that absorb that and I'd completely identify identify with it and accept it as mine like a a culture that I'm a part of and I think that's something I've really struggled with as well because I just I haven't done that like I've I've rejected a lot of my cultures or like actively rejected it especially um as like a younger like as a teenager basically when you are being like picked at or teased or bullied or whatever for showing up as a South Asian sometimes you reject the things that you think are not going to help you feel like you can fit in with the cool kids and like the popular people and stuff like that and I did that a lot um and I used to regret that a lot because I at uni like I well there weren't that many brown people to befriend in the first place but if there were chances to befriend brown people I would completely actively avoid it I would like avoid people and my culture at the same time for fear of like not fitting in wanting to like fit more into the British side with it which like yeah I used to regret for a really long time because I it just it's so it makes me really sad to think that like I did that like actively um because of how much I love it now and because of how much I can see like that rejection happening with young people it's almost like a phase I feel like um but yeah I think that's that's kind of I think that act of rejecting it a lot when I was growing up has like pulled me towards both cultures a bit more especially in my early 20s and stuff and I think nowadays when I think about things like marriage and um when I can see like cultural values like bleed into my daily life um and that's the kind of thing I I really like about South Asian cultures like a lot of the values behind a lot of the things that we do the values are the things I really like respect and admire and those are the things I can actually see now and like I can actually see that cultural things aren't to do with a specific step way of um getting married or making something or like speaking to someone or like how well you know language for me it's like how you act and behave and um that's what I've that's that's kind of why I've been I'm like slightly okay or becoming okay with not being able to fit into like both of my respective cultures fully yet but yeah I was saying about marriage as well like I've been trying to like learn about the like marriage related traditions and also why certain things are done and I don't know if it's just because I'm like really annoyingly inquisitive like I love finding out why like things are done like even outside of culture I just love asking questions and um trying to learn about marriage and like um so I'm I'm Hindu so I think 
our weddings are like three days and there's like certain things you do on each day and things like that and I was learning about this and all of that by the way I've picked up from like movies I haven't even learned from like anywhere else it's just movies that I've picked all that up from and um, a couple of times this year I've sat down and I googled like why do why does that the holy ceremony exist like what what is the purpose of it um and obviously like a lot of it comes from religion and stuff but the actual like purpose behind some of the traditions are quite nice and I like them and it's quite nice to like for me it's like quite a comforting thought that I've just sat there and I've taken the action to like just sit and learn about my culture like the especially the parts that interest me first and then maybe the parts that don't interest me as much I can do later um the act of like being quite intentional about like what I'm choosing to learn and why I'm choosing to learn that so I can then share it with my partner who's not part of the culture but then help him understand it a bit more and if I get to have kids like I can actually explain that in a way that's like oh this is what we do do you want to learn about it rather than like uh this is how it's done if you don't know then get to know or like if you don't know (laughs) then you're not part of the cool club or whatever so um yeah it's been quite nice like in my adulthood like choosing to actually like learn about these things and then like sharing it as well sharing it as gives me a lot of joy I think sometimes when asked <laughs> <laughs> I've recently got married I'm the exact same in terms of I have to know the reason behind doing something culturally or otherwise it doesn't even have to be culturally but I need to know why it's done and if it makes sense to me before I agree to do it so and that was very much my process during my wedding planning and similar to you we have such a huge like amount of events and different things that happen when you get married um and there's obviously lots of different like lovely reasons for them but there's I don't know if I'm gonna get stick for this but there's this one particular I don't know if you'd call it a ceremony but it's like part of the ceremony it's called a ruksati and I don't know if this is specific to Muslims I don't know if it's more it's definitely not religious it's cultural um, but I don't know if it's just Muslims that do it or generally South Asians because it's essentially that point in the wedding where the girl says bye to her family like it's a whole production in terms of like everyone's crying and actually I think it is it's not a Muslim thing I think it's just called different things yeah I think that's what confused me so for us it's called the Ruxathi and I, it's and I've been to a couple of weddings and that's like what happened and that's what everyone like talks about and it's such a big deal for the bride and everyone talks about it as if it's like it has to happen like you can't have a wedding without it but obviously I moved out before I got married and that that part of the ceremony is basically to say bye to your family it's the process where like you're you go from living or being with your own family to then moving into your husband's family And while that still makes sense for a lot of people in our day and age as well, I just feel like it's a bit of an odd thing to expect to make sense to everyone and just broadly expect to make sense in everyone's like wedding ceremonies and things. And I said from the beginning, I was never going to do that. And I researched so much because so many people literally would tell me it was part of the, um, your wedding like events as a religious part of the event like that's how people took it and this is why I always double check with everything because people mix religion and culture especially in my religion they mix it so much to the point where the lines are blurred you don't know what's actually just genuinely your religion and what you're meant 
to believe and do and what's just passed down traditions which are right or wrong like they they can be wrong sometimes or like not the best way to go about things so and not to say the Rooksithi is a bad thing and you shouldn't do it. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that it doesn't work for everyone. It doesn't make sense for everyone. And I personally knew that that is, that's not part of my wedding. Like, I crossed that out, like, very quickly. And even, like, some of my friends were like, I've never seen a wedding without it. Like, you basically can't get married without doing that. You have to do it in some form. And a lot of people, were like, almost enjoy witnessing that part. So I don't know if that's part of why they were saying that to me. But... I'd already researched so much to the point where I knew very much it was cultural. Mm -hmm. There was no part of not doing that that would make my marriage, like, not a marriage or anything like that. You know, like, there's certain things that you have to do to legally bind you or religiously bind you in marriage. That is not one of them. Mm -hmm. So because of that, like, I made, I made the decision that I didn't want to do it. Um, but, yeah, it's funny how people have these, like, these belief systems that almost... They religiously abide by, but it's it's just the culture at the end of the day. Like, it's not actually something that, I don't know, I feel like the lines blur yeah. get blurred quite a lot. Definitely. Um, so sometimes it can be quite hard, especially when you're not distant from the culture, but you're not really grown up embedded in it. It's, it's really hard to know, like, what is what is part of the culture and what is your religion? And are people mixing them too much? Um so yeah, the, the marriage thing is a big part, I think, of where that can happen quite a lot, because especially in each different culture, like we're from a few different cult backgrounds, so I'm half Pakistani and half Bengali, so even they have different ways of doing weddings and things. Being Muslim either way, there's a lot of things that you do specifically anyway, um, regardless of what like background. Sometimes you feel a bit like worried to like go like to kind of choose your own path and do things how you want irrespective of the way that other people expect you to do things like people the way people talk about culture is almost like it's a law yeah. <laughs> and as if you don't abide by it then you get ostracized or like it's just such a big deal yeah no you're completely right I wanted to ask you about that like if you've well you explained it like you you the guilt around choosing your own path and like choosing to abide by the things that relate to you that you can understand that you feel like add value to you because I think I went to a Sikh wedding last year a very similar ceremony so there was like after the wedding um there was a it was a big like um yeah it was a big ceremony and like everyone was crying because the girl was leaving to go live with her husband and like everyone was so upset and um the people who got married they're like Sikh and they love their culture but they're also quite like modern like they're I, I don't feel like modern is the right mm -hmm. word there but you know like they're they're not um westernized yeah they're, <laughs> I don't know. well they've grown up like I think they've grown up like in London around London and they were doing the ceremony because it's part of their culture and it's part of the wedding but a lot of like really young people were like getting really upset and like like it was half like the bride herself was like half laughing half crying and like I understood why the ceremony was happening and they were like teaching me about it as it was happening as well so like as actions were like they were throwing like rice on them and stuff and I went back so after the wedding and stuff happened I went back to my hotel room and I got so upset because I felt so guilty for like 
taking away the opportunity to do those things from my parents because of how many things I've just like more like egotistically chosen for myself when I was younger and like nowadays in my early adulthood like 20s time I've chosen a lot of things like for sensible reasons because I've looked into them and there are things that I want for my life and things I don't want for my life but when I was younger I like did a lot of things like just out of pure like rebellion and spite and rejecting my culture essentially and like I felt so guilty that night thinking that like there are probably certain ceremonies that like my parents can't do because I live with my partner now and I wouldn't want to like live with his family and like he's not part of the culture so that's not normal anyway and I really had to like talk myself out of the guilt that night because there's so many things my mum doesn't even want like there's so many things she's told me she herself doesn't agree with it's such a like weird nuanced world like having chosen things for yourself coming from three different cultures and then mixing like guilt into that as well especially like now when I know what I have chosen and like what I'm essentially giving up um especially on behalf of my family and stuff as well that I really struggle with the guilt of that sometimes and like even if like you know earlier when you're saying like with our cultures if you don't speak the language you get ostracized ostracized a little bit as well not being able to speak the language has made me feel so much more guilty rather than like oh I don't speak the language but it's fine like I'll learn it or um like I feel less like a less than South Asian or whatever I feel a lot more guilt on top of that as well and I find that really hard to manage sometimes um and it takes a lot of like sitting down and really talking to myself about the fact that I am happy with the person I am and I'm happy with like the choices I've made and I just really need to remind myself of that but god damn the guilt it's it's a lot sometimes and I feel like the guilt will be a lot when I eventually get married when you're little and when you learn English for example and you're learning to read learning to speak you get taught that right it's not your responsibility to learn the language so in the same instance like if you were going to learn your mother tongue then that should have been taught to you that this is the way I see it it should have been taught to me when I was younger and I bang on about this all the time like I don't take the blame (laughs) at all because I it should have been taught to me and it wasn't and now I'm older, yes, I could learn it. But how hard is it to learn a language when you're literally a baby versus when you're an adult? Yeah. And like, it's not the same. And you can't really compare them. So I, I, yeah, I just wondered why you had that guilt because I see it the opposite way. I don't feel guilty. I almost, I'm annoyed <laughs> for not being taught it because like, it's it's not really on me that I don't know it and I don't have that extra connection if you go in. yeah I don't know I feel like I've convinced well I've, I've created the guilt because my my mom loves to tell me about how she picked up like all these different languages just by listening to them all the time like she picked up my dad's mother tongue by listening to him and his family and like just listen like she's very intelligent clearly <laughs> um and she's she just says that I should have done those things like and she also uses that for like cooking and stuff as well she always thinks um like you watched me cook all this stuff how come you don't know the recipe and be like because I wasn't watching I was just like I wasn't watching I was just eating the food and just <laughs> yeah <laughs> just existing um and my partner says what you say in terms of he's always like well you should have been taught the languages um when you were younger 
and I don't know I think the guilt just is because like maybe I didn't actively choose I, I didn't actively reject the language stuff but I did subconscious like in- inactively <laughs> reject it like I didn't go out of my way to listen to my parents when they were talking in their languages at home and about the culture I was born into and I think that's where the guilt comes from I I've almost put that expectation on myself that I should have done something rather than like thinking that it should have been done for me which is again probably just how things were drilled into me when I was growing up and then that's where the guilt's come from yeah so it is more self-inflicted as most guilt is to be honest (laughs) I think most of my guilt is self-inflicted I don't know if that is self-inflicted because like you were basically told that you should have done it yourself (laughs) so that's where your guilt is stemming from it seems whereas I definitely see it in a different way in terms of like that you see it in a much more healthy way you're gonna teach me English (laughs) teach me your language too yeah back to the point where you mentioned um, because I know who you're talking about when you're talking about the Sikh wedding that you attended. Is it Sikh or Sikh? Oh, I actually don't know. I've always said Sikh. But in any case, that I think it actually made sense because from what I know about that couple, the girl moved quite far from her family. Like she moved from her hometown and then to a completely different city, part of the UK entirely. So she was fully saying bye to her family. So I do get it in that circumstance where you're in a situation that's why I say sometimes it works for people sometimes it doesn't but what what I don't like the idea of even if I was in that situation I'm not crying at my wedding I'm not about to do that like I'm gonna be happy like if I'm not happy about getting married I'm not getting married so that whole that's why I don't like understand like this we're gonna carve out a part of our day our celebratory day our day of like joining forces to bawl my eyes out at the fact that I'm leaving my family. Like, I don't know. I just feel like you shouldn't do it on that day. Like, do it the next... You're going to see your family the next day. This is what also gets me. So I went to a wedding where they did that. And then the wife literally went to her parents' home, like, after the wedding. Like, and I'm just like, but I thought that was the last time you were ever going to see them. (laughs) Like, so what was I crying for? I just... Was this for no reason? Yeah, like... Honestly, because it's so dramatic, like it's not like a few tears or it's not like people are sad. No. It's like people are distraught. It's like people are, Wailing. yeah, it's literally like you're being ripped away from your family and never going to see them again. Like it's such an... Im- it's probably what it used to be. Yeah, but it's almost like I get secondhand trauma watching it sometimes. I'm like, bro, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to offend people because I know, again, it's a cultural thing and... You do what you want to do, but I just couldn't imagine doing that for myself. And I just, yeah, there's certain things like that that I've really had to be like, is that me? Is that not? And I think it's fine to do that. I don't think we should ever be told like, oh, this is the way it's done. And you feel uncomfortable. You feel awkward about it. It doesn't suit you. This is the way it is. I don't like that mentality. And I feel like a lot of people have that mentality. Um, So yeah, I'm kind of glad that we're on the same page there because I feel like a lot of people like a lot of people I've spoken to proper judge me for like not wanting to um do yeah do certain things like that that just didn't fit me yeah because now that you're confident in yourself that you don't feel like you need the approval from any of the cultures that you've grown up in you feel like self-assured enough to be able to choose something for yourself I think if I was getting married like a lot younger I think 
I think there's a lot of things I would feel pressured to do because maybe the community would accept me more or maybe my parents would accept me more. So I think it's more like we're doing, we're, we're choosing the things for ourselves at the right time in life as well. But yeah, I'm really glad that um, you felt comfortable enough to share that because I would never judge you for doing that. I would probably judge you for like doing something for the approval of the community um, because that's just, that's just keeping you further away from being able to do things in a self-assured manner and have confidence in like your lifestyle and stuff and the way you've chosen to like literally get married (laughs) like it's your marriage it's your day you know what's silly is that like even if I said something that's relatable to me I know that there's gonna be people that don't relate and that is fine that's the world we live in that's normal but people take offense when they can't relate to something and that's what I don't understand it's like okay you didn't have the same difficulties I did why are you mad at me for (laughs) like why are you angry at me so I think that brings us to the end of this episode I really hope you guys enjoyed maybe you could relate to a little bit if you're from multiple different cultures or backgrounds let us know what you think or your experiences as well especially from a wedding or marriage sense when it comes to those traditions because it's definitely something that I'm still kind of yeah in the midst of and trying to figure out um so yeah let us know um definitely drop us a comment if you're watching on youtube and give us a thumbs up or um leave us a review as well if you're watching or listening on spotify or apple podcasts and yeah we'll catch you in the next episode bye bye